Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Booth 61. Featuring movers and shakers on the Atlanta tech scene, organizations serving the tech market, and the inspired people who lead them. Now here's your host, Ricky Steele. Welcome and thank you for visiting Booth 61. I am Ricky Steele and I passionately serve as the Chief Development Officer for Hunter Technical Resources, Atlanta's premier IT staffing firm. In the first 18 months of this show, that is all I have ever said about Hunter Technical Resources. But today I'm going to take just a moment to congratulate Scott Hall, Alex Brown, Tracy Bailey, and Clint Bailey, our four founders. Hunter is an exciting IT staffing firm, and we just finished the best six months in the company's history. And I'd love to spend an hour or two telling you why Hunter is so fantastic, but you might just say I'd been drinking the company Kool-Aid a little bit too long. Go to our website, www.htrjobs.com, and watch the two-minute video of what four of our clients have to say about Hunter. And as the great Forrest Gump once said, that's all I'm going to say about that. We have a very exciting show for you today, and we're going to jump right in. But first, I want to introduce and... Uh, and thank our producer, Kevin Finn, for being here again today. Kevin is a master at the control board and is a very accomplished host doing many of the shows on Business Radio X and ever travels to trade shows all over the country. Kevin, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing good. It's always good to have you in the studio. I'm a little jealous, though. Michael got got to go to the, the Tech Bridge Digital Ball, and I was a little jealous about that. You guys had a blast there, It was there, a black you? tie event. It was great fun. And uh, Michael may be going to Columbus fairly soon. Ah. We've got a little something special working on right now, and uh, we're going to talk about that more over the next hour. But uh, thanks, Kevin, for all the great work you do. I'm very excited about today's show on multiple levels. As many of you who follow this show know that the goal of Booth 61 is to build community and allow the rising tide to lift all the boats. Well, my guests today have been doing that for many, many, many years, and they have created one very special event that's rising the tide for a lot of folks. My guests today drove up from Columbus, Georgia, where I grew up myself. They drove up this morning roughly 100 miles down southwest of our studio today. Although I was born in Atlanta, at about six months of age, my mom and I moved to Columbus to join my dad, who was training at Fort Benning after graduating from the University of Georgia, and I spent my next 28 years in Columbus. I love Atlanta a great deal. It's my hometown, but Columbus will always be near and dear to my heart. Today's guest came from Columbus, as I mentioned, Dr. Ed Helton. Uh, Ed is the executive director of the Leadership Institute at Columbus State University, and Kim Rosicki is the Director of Events and Operations at the Cunningham Center, part of the Columbus State University. And Kim is also the producer of the Jim Blanchard Leadership Forum. We're going to be talking a lot about that. Welcome to Booth 61, Ed and Kim. Well, thank you for having us. Thanks. We're glad to be here again. Well, it's glad to have you back. It was a great show last year. But before we dig in real deep, I want to also introduce two other guests in the studio today, my sidekick and Hunter Technical Resources linchpin, Jess Jones. Jess will be live tweeting from J-J-E-S-S, J-J-O-N-E-S. That's double J-S, double J Jones. And our hashtag is Pound Booth 61. My other guest is also from Columbus. I just met her today, delightful young lady, Sandy Ellingson. Sandy attended Columbus State University and is also a very successful social media guru in Columbus, Georgia. Sandy will be tweeting from at Sandy Ellingson. That's A, uh, or it's at S A N D Y 
E-L-L-I-N-G-S-O-N. So follow along both Twitter feeds today, and I think you'll have a lot of fun. Listen live if you can, but if you're not in close proximity to your computer, then follow us on the, on, on the Twitter feed. I was honored to have Ed and Kim as my guest last year on Booth 61, and I believe it was one of the best shows of 2013. The content, I grew up in Columbus. I attended Columbus State University at Columbus College back in those days, and I learned so much about all the great things at Columbus State, but also some great things going on in downtown Columbus area. So I note this show today will be just as good as last year. Uh, to set the stage, uh, Ed and Kim, I want to talk a little bit about um, – uh, Columbus, Columbus State University, what's been going on, but I want to probably ask you some of the same questions I asked you last year, just because I know some things have changed in Columbus since then, but does that sound fair? Absolutely. Yes. Great. Well, Kim, let me begin with you. You're a Columbus native, and uh, of course, Ed, I think, came from Hertzboro, Alabama, mm-hmm. so both of you have a little different perspective on the great city of Columbus. Kim, what do you believe is the most inter- interesting thing about Columbus, having been born there and spent most of your life in Columbus, Georgia? Well, in recent years, the city has really transformed. And people who, even people who spent a good bit of time in Columbus in the past, are just amazed at the transformation. I was speaking with someone the other day from the Atlanta area who had recently been in Columbus, and they were just in in awe of the changes in the uptown area, particularly along the banks of the river. We've got some of our largest corporations that are located on the banks of the Chattahoochee in Columbus. And in recent years, the uptown area, which was when I was growing up, an area you didn't want to be in, really, um, is now the happening place. I was actually uh, remarking the other day that there are so many new and exciting restaurants opening up in Columbus in the uptown area, and I was saying, uh, I need to get down there more to eat. And it used to be when I was working down there, I was having to say, let me go out to the other side of town to eat. And it's really reversed itself. And so um, it's it's just a new uptown area. And, and the catalyst for that is that um, in recent, in the last year, we've opened the largest urban whitewater course in the world. And so people are coming from all over the country. Uh, champion uh, whitewater folks are coming to Columbus, Georgia to whitewater raft, which is just amazing. It's, uh, it's really transformed that whole experience. And because of that, all of the things that go with that um, we were just talking about on the way down today that there's another rapid that's going to be opening and there's a zip line that'll be across the river. You can literally zip line across the Chattahoochee River. So from Georgia to Alabama, from Georgia to Alabama. Yes. So it's really that's that's transformational for the city. You not only get to zip over in a minute and a half, but you gain an hour onto your life because it's <laughs> an right. hour time difference by crossing the river. <laughs> That's right. But, um, but you know, so much of our city is is geared around the cultural arts as well and, and historic uh, museums with the National Infantry Museum, the Port Columbus Civil War Naval Museum, the Columbus Museum, the Coca-Cola Space Science Center, which is also a part of Columbus State University. There are wonderful family-oriented and history-oriented attractions, as well as the River Center and the Springer Opera House, which is the State Theater of Georgia, where you can see fantastic plays and Broadway series and, and entertainers from around the world who are coming into our city. So, uh, if you're an outdoors person, it's a great place to be. If you're a, a culture lover and arts lover, then it's a great place as well. So uh, if you have not been to Columbus and you were there many years ago, then you have not been to Columbus. Um, so you need to come back. No question. You could grow up in Columbus as I did, and uh, uh, I have to get back 
three or four times a year just to keep up with everything that's going that's on. That's right. And I'm right there, and I can't keep up. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Ed, you're uh, from Hertzburg, which is only 30 miles down the road or a little yep. bit less than that. And so I had a lot of friends down at Hertzburg, Hatchet Chubby growing up. And uh, uh, what is your favorite part about Columbus? Or what do you think makes Columbus such a distinct and, and exciting place to live? Well, I, I've been around a little bit longer than Kim because I'm a little bit older. And I remember going downtown on Broad for the annual Christmas parade. You probably remember that. Well, my dad had an office in the Columbus Bank Trust Co- uh, yep. Company building on the corner, and we would stand up there and watch it. It was a great memory. And it was the place to be. No question. Turbans and all of those. And then as a young man moving away and seeing the downtown almost fold in on itself, uh, and now to see the transformation uh, is quite remarkable. And to, to know that we as a university have been a major player in making that happen. We now have our, our school of music. We have uh, our communication department, our art department. Um, we have our, our drama and theater department. We're in the process of buying the historic Legend Inquirer building, which oh, wow. will house uh, our, our school of nursing and our college of education. We have over 500 bed down, beds downtown. We serve more students on the weekends downtown than we do on main campus. And it, it's just remarkable to have that kind of investment from the community and that kind of investment from the university. And in a town our size, that's what makes it work. And it has been, as Kim said, uh, very, very transformational. It gives our kids uh, a traditional campus where uh, most of us are housed, but also kind of an urban feel with the lofts and the other things down by the river. Uh, it, it's just a vibrant, vibrant city now. Uh, really, which began its renaissance with the Olympics, the Atlanta Olympics. We hosted the gold medal round, and it started the the change and transformation that a person now now will see. Very short period of time for that to happen. It's amazing. Now, I still miss Saul and Harry's down on Broad. Uh, <laughs> I've always some really, really fancy clothes there over the yeah. years and uh, back in my Superfly day. Mm-hmm, but yeah. uh, but anyway, it is Moving amazing. Man is still there. Oh, that's Jojo Benson's yeah, old spot. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've been in both many times. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, having grown up there and watched Columbus, and I guess the Olympics, the Catalyst, and the Tesis new location on the north side of downtown, it's just it is amazing to see and, and, and so exciting for someone that you know loves Columbus. And, and if, again, if you haven't visited Columbus ever, it is a great place to visit. A lot of fantastic things to see. And, and you're in the center of so many cultural things, including the Carter, uh, home of President Carter originally down in Plains and uh, Fort Benning. And we could just go on and on and on and on. But what has changed much about Columbus since 2013? Y'all were actually here a week from now, like July 20th or something of 2013. What changes have happened in the downtown or at Columbus State University in the past year? Well, I think uh, a couple of things at university. We're now uh, U.S. News and World Report and Best Colleges in 2013. We're number 46 among public regional universities Wow! in the South and number 91 among all regional universities in the South, which is, is quite remarkable for uh, a university that is so young, 1958 was when it was founded as a commuter two-year school, and now in 2014, we have seen this continue, continue in the last uh, year or so. Um, unbelievable uh, construction, 
we our oldest building is is being completely renovated and to be a 21st century classroom uh, another four million to to transform another building a new lab uh, dormitories on campus where all the freshmen will stay so all these things it, it's very rapid but it will change the face of university and therefore change the face of the of our community and it was just announced um, this week that our baseball stadium is is going to have a major overhaul it's going to be the uh the Burger King Stadium at Ragsdale Field. And um, that is going to transform our back door because our building is actually on the back side of the baseball field. So our view is about to change for the better uh, at, at our Cunningham Center. So um, we're very excited about that and many other exciting things going on in our athletics and, and fine arts departments as well. Marvin Schuster and his entire family and all the Burger King folks have been so uh, influential in Columbus for many, many, many years. And, uh, and that's exciting. I read that in the, in the Atlanta paper, was it last week or the week before? Yeah. So that, that's very exciting. They have. They've been great, uh, great friends of Columbus State. Yeah, we have the Schuster Student Building on campus, and, and Burger King Stadium is about a million, million two investment mm-hmm. to, to really bring the, uh, the baseball, the athletic, the whole athletic program up to a uh, uh, another level. Mr. Schuster uh, is the epitome of a leader to me and somebody that's ethical, moral, and does all the right things, and, and I'm glad for what he's doing at, at Columbus State University. Absolutely. Now, when I was at Columbus College, that was a predecessor, in 1971, I think there were three or four buildings. I'm mm-hmm. sure I attended classes in the building that's being you did. torn down and renovated. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many buildings are now part of the overall campus, and then how does that expand out through the downtown area? You mentioned the uh, perhaps or taking over the Ledger and Choir building. I call it Ledger and Choir. Right. I guess it's just the Ledger now. But, uh, yeah, Ledger and Choir building. building. Um, you know, I can't be completely accurate on, on how many on, on main campus. The, um, the, the biggest addition on main campus uh, in the last two or three years was our Student Recreation Center, which is listed in the top 100 of any university uh, in the country. Wow. Um, of course, our, our great Lumpkin Center where our basketball team and others play, um, a new parking deck. It's kind of transformed the, 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 the beat of the campus, uh, if you will. And then downtown, uh, you know, we've acquired the Rankin Center. We've acquired any number of buildings downtown that are now student lofts. Uh, we have uh, a restaurant for students that they can, anybody can use, but students can use their KUKA card. Uh, just last week, we opened up the market, which is uh, the first grocery store downtown. Uh, and um, so all that is really making that a, a really student habitat. Um, and most don't realize that, that students majoring in music, uh, in the arts, they do not have traditional practice hours. I mean, they, they pretty much go 24 hours a day. Um, and so the campus is moving the whole time all the time and we run shuttles uh, and I may be off a little bit on this but I think every 20 minutes from about 6 in the morning to about 2 in the morning Good between downtown campus and between main campus so so students who take classes in both places there's an easy transition never miss a beat yep. that is exciting how many students are currently enrolled at uh, Columbus State we have about 8200 students um that, that's I don't know the numbers that are projected for this fall, but uh, we had uh, our largest graduating class last year. Uh, I think it was uh, around 960 in the um, 
uh, graduating seniors, not counting uh, those that were in, were in graduate school. But, uh, you know, our goal is to continue to work up toward a 10,000 mm -hmm. uh, student capacity. And there are so many wonderful uh, business leaders and community leaders and arts and sports folks who are graduates of Columbus State University, too numerous to even begin naming today, but uh, someone could certainly go to the Columbus State website. And what is the Columbus State website so you could look up information of that sort? It's just uh, columbusstate.edu. .edu. And yeah. uh, uh, just off the top of my head, start thinking about the kind of people and then want to name them. And then I think, well, that's stupid because you're going down a trail that you'll go for 30 <laughs> minutes and then yep. we'll get back to the meat of the matter. But mm -hmm. a lot of great friends have graduated there from over the years. How many faculty members serve these 8,400 students roughly? We have uh, about 270, 275 okay. full-time faculty with probably another 190 or so part-time oh, faculty. Yeah. So that's a good student ratio. Yeah, it um, is. Mm -hmm. Well, we've uh, talked a little bit about the uh, the buildings, the growth, uh, the potential, and all the exciting things in Columbus. Let's talk a little about the Leadership Institute because um, I'm very excited about uh, the things you're doing, and uh, I did not know a lot of the things you were doing when I had you on the show last year. But tell us a little bit of kind of the broad overview before we actually talk about the forum, but just the Leadership Institute as a whole. What all are you doing, Ed? Well, it, it has been a remarkable journey. I've been fortunate enough to, to have been there when it, we started uh, about nine years ago, and, and now we have a very robust client base from small family-owned businesses to, uh, to large uh, Fortune 200 companies that we work with, most in Columbus and in the region, but some in Atlanta uh, as well. Our, when I try to describe ourselves, we, it sums it up simply to say that we are, are a university-based consulting group. And what we do is um, we, we go to you, the CEO, or whomever is, uh, is the contact person there, and we talk about what are the issues that your company has, what are the issues that you need to improve on. Uh, we we rarely do any open enrollment, but we customize our leadership development programs. And we have discovered through nine years in research, et cetera, there's several things that companies need and their people need to know how to do. And uh, things as simple and as complex uh, as conflict resolution. How do you do that? What about interpersonal relationships? What's appropriate and, and how how did they work? Uh, we had uh, Billy Payne speak to our forum, and, and his comment was, he said, he learned the hard way that your friends won't let you fail. And the opposite is true. Others might. So how do you build those close relationships, and, and how do you build teams? Um, most of the communication issues that companies have can be remedied, but it has to be intentional. And so we, we develop... Uh, one, uh, a course of action. We build a curriculum. Uh, we do that in our training sessions with those various companies. We also um, do much, much more executive coaching now. Research says uh, an executive will do markedly better. Uh, and I don't know that the coach knows any more than they do, but they become an objective, objective listener and uh, can coach them through some of the issues that they are that they're dealing with. Uh, we do strategic planning. Uh, we've done our city's 10-year plan for 
for ending homelessness. We did the, the five-year plan for the Muskogee County School District. We do that with businesses as well. Uh, and, and one service that we, we offer that I think is, is quite interesting, and that is with companies, probably smaller companies, but we call it getting the big things right. We help them develop their vision, their values, their, their mission, and then how do you write that strategic plan, how do you measure it, how do you implement it, and how do you evaluate it. And so that's a process that, that we have worked through uh, with a number of organizations that's been very helpful to them. Um, I would uh, assume since we have so many fine universities in Atlanta where we are today, like Emory and Kennesaw State and that trade school over on North Avenue, mm -hmm. that you would be doing this only in Columbus, or do you ever do it other places as well? Well, we do it in Atlanta Oh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Leading question. Well, there there is nobody in the university system that is – structured as we are structured to do this. Most of the leadership development that are, that's done in universities are done for staff and faculty. Um, we have a focus that is external, and we make money for that. It goes to the university, which is a way of, of being self-supporting. So we're very entrepreneurial. And we also do a lot of work with our university in providing that same staff and faculty mm -hmm. and, and even students. Uh, but uh, we have a, a dual focus. What are some of the uh, different assessments that you're certified in currently? Well, we, we're certified in, in any number of them, uh, Myers-Briggs, Viral-B, um, DISC, uh, Emergenetics, Hogan, uh, Emotional Intelligence, Emotional Intelligence for Teams. Uh, what we did discover, though, um, was we, we're working with particularly large companies on, on assessments. Everybody's using them now because they know the hiring process is really flawed if you, if you don't. And so we would be an intermediary to some larger consulting group that would have a 130-page, 360, uh, relatively generic. And so in the past three years, we have developed our own uh, 360 evaluating process where if it were Kim, uh, her supervisor would, would would rate her, her peers would, and her direct reports, and then she would rate herself. And our success has been, uh, if it were for the university, then we would take the values of the university or the values of that company that we're working with and, and the skill sets that they say most critical, and we would shape that 360 to answer those specific questions not as time-consuming, not as expensive, and um, we're doing it a lot right now. Yeah, I knew you were doing work with some companies in Atlanta, and uh, we talked about that last year a little bit. Um, are you expanding across the country? Are you available to go wherever Delta or Absolutely. one of the other carriers will take you? Absolutely, and that's one thing that has really changed. You know, Kim and I both have been there from the beginning, and in the beginning most of our training took place in our building. Okay. Uh, now with the it's easier to two or three of us to travel than to bring forty people there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, next week I'll be in Atlanta on Monday, Athens on Tuesday, Augusta Tuesday night, back to Atlanta for for two meetings on Wednesday. 
um, that's where it's taking us now. Uh, I do some work in D.C. with a couple of uh, our state uh, congressmen, uh, so we, we travel there as well. Yeah, we, we now do much more on-site development training than we do housed in our building. You mentioned a half dozen uh, subjects that uh, that you work with, but um, pinpoint maybe the one or two that seem to be the, the two that you're having the greatest success or maybe the ones that are being asked for mostly by some of these larger corporations today. Well, yeah, let, can I, my, my, I give you three because I that's, think they're all that's, connected. That's perfect. Communication, communication, communication. <laughs> if Amen. you can't communicate, you can't lead. And and many of those going into workforce have not had to train at doing that. Their their work has been communication via technology rather than communication via face-to-face. And when you're building those teams, you can have virtual teams, but a lot of them are put in groups to lead teams, and they've really not had that experience. The other is conflict resolution. Every place has got a lot of conflict. It's just human nature. We're, we're human beings. Uh, so, so how do you resolve it in a positive way? And if you can't resolve it, how do you deal with it and move past that and still be productive? Uh, those two things, and, and the, the third one really kind of ties that together, uh, and that's uh, emotional intelligence. Being able to regulate and be aware of your behaviors and your impact on others, uh, particularly uh, as, a, as a group and as a leader. Um, you know, Stanford's Board of Advisors, uh, one of their top two skill sets that they said a leader has to have is self-awareness. You have to know yourself, and you have to be able to regulate yourself. And to me, if you can do that, then you can communicate better, you can resolve conflict, but they all three are kind of mixed up into one bundle that we try to address. Before we move into the um, forum coming up, what what are some of the, I don't want to put you on the spot too much as far as specifically names and uh, addresses and that sort of thing, but what are a couple of the two or three success stories that you're most proud of over the last three or four years? And again, you don't have to tell the exact company name, but if you want to, you're welcome to do that as well. But the kind of company maybe and, and what the issue was and, and you know, not an in-depth uh, analysis of everything you did, but kind of the overall what you uh, accomplished when it was all said and done. Yeah. Um, uh, one come to mind real quickly that I'm, I'm extremely proud of and somewhat surprised with. Um, here was a uh, moderate-sized company, uh, very integral to and very important to, to Columbus and Columbus continued growth. Um, employees that had been there a good while, uh, relatively new CEO, um, and and there were some clashes early on, mainly cultural, different. But then there became a pattern of behaviors that were uh, just really destructive. And um, uh, the, the chairman of the board came to me, and we discussed it, and could I help? And so... I said, listen, I'll, I'll try my best, but I don't know how this is going to go. And, um, and, and I've told them one of the great success stories, see a person who could kind of own the information that was dished out, and it was some pretty harsh things, mm-hmm. address it in a positive way and make those changes, and it has completely turned things around for him, 
for his team, for the company. And um, I didn't expect that because you know that after a year, seven out of ten people who've had open-heart surgery no longer take their medication and have made no lifestyle changes. And their excuses are things happen and I got busy. That's how hard it is to change. And here is a CEO who took the best advantage of what he knew how to do. He owned it and, and made a success out of it. Uh, that means a lot. Uh, and I feel like we contributed to a lot of lives, not just, just his and his team, but to our community. That's a great success story. I don't see how you get any better than that. Um, tell me, you know, what, are, what are you reading right now? What are some of your favorite business authors? And, uh, or it doesn't have to be a business author. It could be something faith-based or, or fiction. What, what, are, what are you all, uh, Kim, you and uh, Ed, reading right now? I tell you, if, if, if I were telling any person who wants to be a leader the one book to read, I would tell him to read Leadership on the Line by Ronald Heifetz. Now, Dr. Heifetz, Harvard, I was fortunate enough to take a class with him at Harvard, uh, most transformational uh, leadership class I've ever taken. Uh, he's speaking at the forum this year. But he, but he, and he has a number of books, Leadership on the Line, Adaptive Leadership. Uh, but his leadership, uh, leadership on the Line is, is a must-read for anybody trying to be an effective leader. That's that's what I would recommend. I'm reading a, a little book right now about uh, George Washington's leadership uh, in the summer of 1776, uh, which is a very interesting read uh, about how sometimes naively but sometimes uh, brilliantly, you know, he was able to to take an army that was ill prepared and really create our nation. Thank the Lord he did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kim, what are you reading? Well, um, on my uh, bedside table right now, I have Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In. Well, that's appropriate. And yes, it is. It is. And she's going to be one of our speakers this year at the Jim Blanchard Leadership Forum, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but I um, am reading that, number one, in preparation for her visit to us, but also because I've heard so many women talk about what a transformational book it was, how it changed their lives. And so uh, that is currently what's on my bedside table all all pretty good reads and i think it kind of gives us a good transition into this year's forum the 2014 james blanchard leadership forum and uh having known mr blanchard all my life um i think you couldn't have picked a greater person to have as part of this and i'm sure he helped direct it a lot but but every time i see him on the podium it just makes me feel good about living and uh uh but y'all have taken it from the original concept to this is a mega event in Columbus, Georgia, that when I tell people who some of the speakers are, they say, is that Columbus, Ohio? Is that New York City? It's not Columbus, Georgia, is it? Right. Well, the question we get every year is, are these people really live at the event? You know, because they think they're probably being uh, videotaped. You know, videotaped in or something like that. But but so far, we haven't had any speakers that were not live on site at the event. And uh, that's our continued goal to do that. Um you mentioned from the beginning, from the original concept, uh, 
It was Mr. Blanchard's vision to bring the best and the brightest minds in the world to Columbus, Georgia, because he himself has been a tremendous leader in the community, and he wanted to be able to continue that uh, leadership legacy for years to come and generations to come and, and for his own children and grandchildren as, as we go through time. So um, Columbus State partnered with he and and then brought on uh, our great presenting sponsor, Synovus, uh, TSIS, and AT&T. Uh, to bring, as you said, a premier event to uh, Columbus, Georgia. And for those of you who have attended some of the big speaker events um, in Atlanta and other places, this is a very different feel. Um, You are in a room of about a 1,000 people. Uh, You can actually uh, get close enough to the person to see the details on their face. Um, We've attended uh, ourselves events where you really, if you hadn't known who was on the stage, you would have never known who was on the stage because you were so far away and so f- removed from the from the speaker. But we have been blessed to to really, um, I think, surpass our own expectations for the event. Um, when you look back at some of the speakers that we've had, it's been a tremendous um, thing. This is our ninth uh, forum in August, and. Um, I think if you'd asked us in that first year, what would the ninth year look like? We would have never dreamed we would have been where we are today. Wasn't the first year like at Columbus State? It was actually at the Cunningham Center at our facility, and uh, there were about 300 people there. It was actually an invitation event. Uh, It was kind of just to get the idea out. And the next year, we moved to the Columbus Convention and Trade Center because we outgrew our own facility. It was at that time, of course, a ticketed event, and we doubled the number. We had 600 that second year at the Trade Center. And then, of course, from there, it's just gone up. And our our uh, top number was a couple of years ago uh, when we had President Bush. Uh, we really uh, almost had to push the walls out of Ooh. the room uh, because we were looking for every available space um, to get you know, extra people in the room. But some of our past speakers, if you're not familiar with the event, include um, the very first year we started off with uh, former Governor and Senator Zell Miller. Um, we've had General John Abizade. We've had um, Ken Blanchard, uh, Speaker Newt Gingrich, um, General Russell Honore, who handled the Katrina relief, quite a, an interesting general um, with us. We've had top business authors, Daniel Pink and John Maxwell and Richard Florida and Thomas Friedman and Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Patrick Lencioni. Uh, you know, it's a who's who of business authors and speakers that have been at our forum. Um, we've had uh, former Secretary of State's Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell. We've had former First Lady Laura Bush, former President George W. Bush. Last year, we it was really a powerful and moving experience. We had Gabby Giffords and Mark Kelly there, and it really was a whole different um, atmosphere with, with her there. Um, because of her challenges, and she was so inspirational, and there was just a sense of, wow, awe and inspiration in seeing her up there. And um, so uh, we've had CEOs, uh, Dan Amos, of course, from Aflac, who's our our local uh, person, but obviously a, an international um, superstar in business. Uh, we've had General David Petraeus. Uh, you know, the list goes on. It's just a, a powerful lineup. And that's what I mean when I say nine years ago, who could have predicted that we would have had all of these folks in our in our city? Uh, in you know, our, one thing, Kim, yeah. when, when she's listing all those great names, just to, just to put it in context, and I was just doing it myself, in, in, in one day, one session, in 2012, you could have heard the former President Bush, James Carville, Mary Matlin, Dan Amos, 
and Defense Secretary Dr. Robert Gates. Yes. <laughs> That's a pretty dynamic group right there. And then we added on the mayor and then General Lloyd Austin. I mean, that's just in one conference. So when you put it in context, um, they are all heavy hitters. Well, as I mentioned earlier, this is my fourth or fifth conference or maybe sixth. I can't remember. Uh, Last year, every single speaker was absolutely amazing. And one of my heroes, favorite authors, guru, I call him a mentor, but I think you have to have a closer relationship and he doesn't know who I am. But uh, Seth Godin was off the charts last year. Uh, I read his blog every day. Uh, This year, you've got Mark Cuban, just three of the names, Mark Cuban, Sheryl Sandberg, and Sarah Blakely. Um, And then you mentioned the professor from from Harvard and uh, a number of other people. What is the secret sauce? How do you get these powerful people to Columbus, Georgia, in the middle of summertime vacation time? Well, um, I think each year we start out looking at who are the influencers that we really want to bring uh, to help shape our community, our region. Um, and, and we look at different segments. Every year we've, we've had top business authors. We've had uh, education professionals. We've had political figures. We've had people who were top CEOs or uh, others who had different areas of influence and tried to meet the needs of a broad section of the community. The attendees um, are a varied group. Uh, we have everything from mid-level management to CEOs. We have students. We have a lot of um, entrepreneurs and nonprofit uh uh, small business owners. So we want to meet the needs of all of those people. We don't want every speaker to be the same. And um, as far as how we get them, uh, there's a, a varied uh, list of ways. Uh, some of those are obviously uh, personal relationships that uh, we've developed through Mr. Blanchard and through our sponsors and all. But we also work with a couple of different speakers bureaus. Uh, some some of these speakers, the only way to get them is to go through a speakers bureau. Um, you could be their cousin and you would still have to go through a speaker's bureau to book them. Um, but then obviously, um, you know, sometimes it's just uh, a friend of a friend. Um, but it's these are powerful people that we've been able to to get to Columbus. It's It's been amazing. Three of our speakers that you mentioned this year, um, Mark Cuban, Cheryl Sandberg and Sarah Blakely, are not on the speaking circuit. You can't get them through a speaker's bureau. So it's not a lineup that you can just. If you don't make it to Columbus, you can go somewhere else and see them. They're not touring around doing speeches. So this is really unique and powerful that they're all going to be on our panel. And that's the first time we've had three billionaires uh, on, a, on our panel. And we think they offer a lot to the entrepreneurial community um, and to the business community just uh, in, in their own successes and being able to share their stories. About uh, 18 months out, you know, Mr. Blanchard saying, now, Ed, we got to keep raising the bar for next year. And so I will say, well, who do you know? And uh, he'll say, well, who do you know? And we'll start tossing around names that uh, of people we would like to have. And it's interesting, he has taught me this, is that we don't talk about can we afford them, can we get them. We talk about who we want. And then once we figure out who we want, then we figure out, as Kim said, a lot of different ways to to get to them. Uh, Many are through relationships. Uh, Even those who are on a speaking circuit, you may not can get them unless you you have somebody introduce you. And so uh, every year our goal is to be have a stronger group 
the next year, and and that's the motivation. And 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 I think we talked a lot about Columbus early, and and Kim uh, can chime in if she agrees. But I think all the downtown changes we've seen, I would like to think the forums have been a part of that. It's been part of that inspiration of, of bringing we're bringing these folks downtown Columbus, and downtown Columbus has got to kind of rise up to, as you said, you know, the tide rising, it brings everything up. No question. Well, I think something that um, Kim said is just the thing that blows my mind because I love motivational speakers. I love people with great content. I will go to a TED Talk. I'll watch it on the uh, Internet. Uh, I've been to, I think, five or six in a row TEDx peach trees. And, uh, you know, I'll see a lot of the speakers. There's a big event at the Georgia Dome every year where they bring in, like, 30 speakers, and it's like $19 to go or $9, or they give it, let you go free. It doesn't make any difference. But every speaker there has a book and a cassette series or a CD series or whatever. And an agent. And, and an agent. And they're all there to sell product, not – I mean, they want to deliver a great message. But when you have the three people you mentioned, um, uh, Mark Cuban, Sheryl Sandberg, and um, – um, Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely. They don't have a book. They don't. They have books, but they're not there to sell them. Their living is not to to make the, on the books, and uh, and they're there for the sharing the message. And because y'all had a relationship, and I think it's a testimony to the hard job uh, that you've had over the years. But how great a job you've done at it, and Mr. Blanchard, and I imagine he probably takes a few people over to Augusta National to play around the golf as a thank you, maybe. But uh, but that's all well and good in a good day's Those work. Those things we can't talk. About. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that out loud. I didn't say that out loud, did I? No. But. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, let's talk about three of the speakers. Mark Cuban is one of the most interesting people on the planet. Uh, most folks know him today from watching him on Shark Tank, but um, some of us have been following him since 2000 when he bought the Dallas Mavericks, and uh, he's outspoken. He has certainly had some interesting things over the years and maybe could use some of the courses you mentioned earlier on <laughs> conflict resolution uh, with referees in the NBA. But uh but anyway, uh, Mark Cuban is going to be kind of your lead-off guy on Monday night. What do you think that session is going to be be like? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it's somewhat it's exciting about it. And uh, here is a guy who is is the premier entrepreneur. He's figured it out. Uh, our theme this year is leadership is is sometimes seizing the moment, and he kind of exemplifies that. You know, from his early early uh, streaming days at the university, and he could sell that little athletic program to the Dallas Mavericks and to what he's doing. So what does he know? Did you know, and, and I didn't know this, uh, President uh, Mescon was sharing this the other day. On, he watched on, on uh, NBC, or uh, um, MSNBC, that the demographic, the largest demographic that watches Shark Tank is 15 to 18 year olds. Oh wow! These young kids want to be entrepreneurs. They want to own their own business, and I think there's a lot of societal dynamics that speak to that. And so, you know, we're bringing him in to to be able to share. You know, what was his thought process? That would be very interesting to me as a leader. 
How do you think through this? How do you make those decisions? One of the interesting things that's been a result of him being booked to be one of our speakers has been um, that several of several people that I know have contacted me saying they want they want just five minutes to get in front of him <laughs> to show their product or you know just give him a business card with a little flyer about whatever their product is because he is you know he's 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 got that touch where he can just turn turn anything into gold it seems and so a lot of people want to you know have five minutes with him and um yeah we had a ceo to call and his company would uh, be one of our sponsors if he could have 15 minutes with mark cuban, cuban. can't do it yeah well yeah. there's le- legendary stories of people who have handed him a business card when he was walking through an airport i'm sure it will happen yeah. and he read it and called him up and said i'll give you 150 grand or 200 grand or whatever and uh, some of them were successful some of them weren't, but uh, but I'm really looking forward to that on Friday night. But uh, the next, uh, excuse me, on Monday, Monday, night, Monday, yeah. Monday night, and then on Tuesday, uh, what has not already been said about Sheryl Sandberg? Um, every major business publication has had her on the front cover. Her 2013, just last year, blockbuster book, Lean In, has created an entire culture, and there are lean in circles now all over the world. Uh, Miss Sandberg said something that I thought was pretty fascinating and kind of good to my heart. I'm involved in a lot of uh, organizations in Atlanta for busting the glass ceiling and creating a more equal environment for uh, women and minorities and, and other folks in the workplace. But she said that a truly equal world would be one where women ran half our countries and companies and men ran half our homes. I don't know if she'll touch on that much, but uh, what do you think her focus will be at the forum? Well, I'm sure the lean-in uh, lean uh, philosophy will be a big part of it, as well as, of course, um, I'm sure she will be talking about the entrepreneurial aspect of her position at Facebook, uh, because she is the chief operating officer at Facebook as well, which, of course, as you know, is just growing leaps and bounds, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners um, understand the power of that as social media. So I think she'll be talking about both of those um, things, and uh, she is our closer on Tuesday. So we're going to start with Mark Cuban and and finish with Sheryl Sandberg. So we've got pretty strong bookends on each end of the forum this year. Um, One of the people that um, we didn't mention uh, is Marcus Buckingham, who is uh, a very popular author and business author and has been uh, at a number of the conferences. But he, again, will be there and uh, will be having all of his books there for people to purchase as well. And um, and one that I'm particularly excited about is Jeffrey Canada, who um, he was the uh, the chairman of the uh, Harlem Children's Zone, which was the subject of the documentary Waiting for Superman. If you saw oh. that, um, he was the subject of that documentary. And and if you have not seen that, it is worth watching. But be prepared to uh, to need a tissue because those children um, are powerful in that in that documentary. And um, he was the inspiration for that. And so I think he's going to have a strong message for the people who have a, have a part in our education process. Um, he certainly has a heart for what's in the best interest of children uh, throughout our country, especially in the inner cities. And, and also that's going to be, I think he's going to really have a powerful message. Um, Admiral John Ryan, who is the president of the Center for Creative Leadership, many of the listening companies may have have used the Center for Creative Leadership for their training and all in the past. Um, he's going to be speaking. 
as Ed said, Ronald Heifetz, um, who's the founder of the Center for Public Leadership at Harvard, that Ed referenced his book as his favorite book at the moment. So uh, in addition to our three entrepreneurs, we have four other really strong speakers as well. And you mentioned Mr. Jim Blanchard, and, and I tell you, he speaks every year. But he always, always hits it out of the park. I told him last year, I said, Mr. Blanchard, you get better and better because he's just, he speaks from the heart. And um, he he shares a part of the person that he is with the audience. And I think that's worth the ticket every time just to hear him and to get a little wisdom from a very, uh, very great leader and true servant leader uh, in our community and throughout our state and region. So, um, if you have not ever been to the forum, uh, I would definitely encourage you to come. It's a unique experience and, um, I I don't think you'll be disappointed in the tremendous lineup. Is it too late to register? Absolutely not. Um, you can go to Jim Blanchard leadership forum.com and register, see the speaker bios, get all of the, um, agenda and uh it's it's really a very affordable ticket it's um it includes your dinner on monday evening which is always a very nice dinner breakfast the next morning and lunch and as well as breaks not to mention all of the networking and as i said there's about a thousand people there each year cross-section of the community so it's really we say infinite networking opportunities uh because if you're a networker it's a great place to be to to meet all types of people so um, I would encourage you to go to the website, register, and come down and let us share uh, some of the excitement. Well, I can guarantee you, um, if you, if anyone listening will take advantage of that uh, advice from, um, uh, I guess, the creative genius behind a lot of this process, uh, Kim has done an unbelievable job. And the, uh, the it wouldn't matter who the speakers were. I think what you said is uh, is so true the networking opportunity to meet some of the real movers and shakers of Columbus, Georgia, and even throughout Georgia and the Southeast is amazing. But then you add that to the quality of these speakers, and it is a home run two days. I I mark out these two days on my calendar from now to as long as the good Lord leaves me on this earth. Um, I would miss it. It's uh, it's that powerful. And, and the the southern hospitality, the graciousness of the folks of Columbus, Georgia. It's just a great event. Well, we appreciate that, Ricky. And you have, you've been every year, even before we had a personal relationship, I, you were there and we would see you there and we appreciate that. And, um, one thing that people should realize is there were there were people there from 16 states last oh, year. And so this is not a local uh, event by any stretch. It's not a local event. It's not a local audience. It's really a cross-section of the region, uh, primarily the southeast, obviously. But we had people there from Canada and from the west and, and all as well. So um, regardless of where you're listening from, uh, get your airline ticket and come on into Columbus and let us show you, as Ricky said, some good Southern hospitality. You know, Jim Blanchard, uh, when he he will tell you this, he he said when I invested in this to help start this, I was being selfish because I wanted Synovus and Tesis uh, to send all their leaders there because I knew there would be a tremendous opportunity for leadership development for them to expose them to this. And he said what we quickly found out there were companies really all over our region that wanted an opportunity to put their people in front of uh, leaders that had so excelled in what they did. And so now companies are, are using this for the intent, which was to develop the leaders in their organizations. We just wish they would uh, send more. Not, I mean, we can only hold a 1,000, 
but we do really wish that each company would take very seriously their investment leadership. This is a cheap way to do it and for a really, really big bang for your buck. Well, and in addition to uh, employees, a lot of companies are using it as a way to entertain their clients and to court their clients if they have uh, professional relationships that they would like to uh, spend a, a special quality couple of days with their folks. It's a great place to be and uh, offers them a unique opportunity to develop themselves as well. So uh, there's, it's really, uh, there's something for everybody. So it's possible to still register, and you go to jblf.org. That's correct. jblf.org, or just Google the uh, Jim Blanchard Leadership Forum 2014, because there's a lot of information on the web about uh, uh, the past nine years. But uh, get the 2014 edition, and uh, I just looked up at the clock, and 51 minutes have gone, and I don't know where they went. (laughs) If somebody would tell me where they went, I would certainly appreciate that, but... um, Gracious alive. Um, I want to maybe wind down, but not too fast, because I want to make sure that everyone in our listening audience at this moment in time and those that will be listening tomorrow and a week from Thursday in podcast and on my RSS feed know more about how to get in touch with you, not just for the forum, if you can make the forum this year, but about the uh, assessment programs and the consulting that Columbus State University is doing. But what is the best way to maybe get in touch with you individually or websites so they can go to to find out more information about Columbus State University? Well, the easiest way to get me, and I will respond, is, is just through email. And that's Helton, H-E-L-T-O-N underscore ed, E-D, at columbusstate.edu. Uh, we also have uh, our university website, columbusstate.edu, but we also have columbusstate.edu backslash leadership. And if they go to that site, you can see uh, uh, the offerings that we have. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I didn't mention is the experiential learning. We've, we've partnered with the, uh, the Whitewater Express and a great team-building thing on, on the water. We do things with the Springer. Mark Immelman, whose brother Trevor won the Masters as a golf coach, uh, we do some training with them. So we have a, a lot of things you can find out about. Just go take a look. Kim? Well, um, and also we do have um, a Facebook uh, for the Leadership Institute at Columbus State University. We'd love for you to like us, and, and we're always uh, posting uh, information, either leadership tidbits or uh, book um, recommendations or information about our speakers, past and present. Uh, and, and that's certainly a great way to engage. Um, we're also on Twitter, at CSU Leadership. And, of course, you can also reach me through the email, same, same as Ed, but Riziki underscore Kim at columbusstate.edu. R-O-Z-Y-C-K-I. That's correct, yes. And um, so we are available at several different uh, places, and so we'd love to engage with you. We're also both on LinkedIn. And uh, so reach out and ask us any questions that we didn't cover in this short time together. Unbelievable. And there are blogs we push out. I push out on onto our website, et cetera, uh, through Facebook and other means. we love to get your reaction response to those. One minute closing. Uh, what would you like to say to the audience? 
Well, I'd like to thank you, Ricky, for a tremendous opportunity to be here with you again today. It's been a, a great time to share. And um, as I said in the in the, my opening comments, if you have not been to Columbus, Georgia, or if you were in Columbus, Georgia more than three or four years ago, then you have not been to Columbus, Georgia. You need to come back. And so I would just say that is the biggest uh, thing that I can offer is to come on down, enjoy the forum, get on the whitewater, talk to Ed about some leadership training and all the great things that we've got going on at Columbus State University. Ed? Well, I would uh, mimic him in the sense, thank you very much for thank this you. opportunity. Thank you. It was an honor to have you. You know, one of our former speakers said it, I think, most correctly, John Maxwell. He said, everything rises and falls on leadership. And I believe that. And I think our, our university believes that. So whether it's leadership that you learn at the forum or the uh, consulting opportunities that we offer or even in self-development on your own, uh, your success, well-being um, uh, is, is very, very important. Uh, Ronald Heifetz talks about that, that leadership really gives meaning to life. And in a larger context, I believe that to be true. And so we're very devoted and passionate about doing that. Well, on August the 25th, evening of, and all day long on the 26th, I'm going to be way down in Columbus, Georgia. Yes, sir. And I hope you'll join me, Kim, Ed, Sandy, Jess, and my friend Kevin. It's been a great honor to be and a blessing to be with all you guys today. Thank you all all for being here. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for today's session. Um, It's been a great pleasure, as it always has. This is Ricky Steele. I've finished my coffee in Booth 61. I hope you'll come back and join me next week for a fresh cup or listen to any past shows on Booth 61 at Business Radio X. I always close our time together by sharing hopefully a blessing for you, your family, and your business. The blessing comes from the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for dropping by and join us soon in Booth 61.